Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. Beloved, do not be surprised by the fiery ordeal taking place. Cast all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Years ago, whenever I purchased my first home, the inspection revealed the presence of termites. When I followed the inspector to see for myself, I told him that I did not see any termites. And it was then that he explained to me that one rarely, if ever, sees a termite, but what we do see are the signs of their presence. Little swarmers near the windows, damage to the wall, sticking windows and doors. These are all signs, he said, that termites are present. You don't see them, but you do see their signs. This was the day that I learned one of life's greatest lessons, namely that the most important things in our life can't be seen directly. Their presence is only known through signs. For instance, anxiety. Anxiety is very real, but it's also not something we see. Its presence is only known through signs, irritability, worry, increased substance abuse, blame, depression, and inability to make simple decisions. In fact, I recall a moment a few months ago whenever my daughter Annie did something she was not supposed to do. And whenever she calmed down, I reminded her that she was born with a kind heart. But then she looked at me a little sad and said, Daddy, I know, but sometimes I forget about my kindness. Anxiety makes us forget about our kindness. When we're anxious, we have less tolerance for difference for ambiguity, for mystery, and of course, no humor at all when life fails to align with whatever picture we have of how things should be. We don't see the anxiety directly, but we do see the signs in ourselves, in each other, in our society, and it's typically not something that we are proud of. And I say this knowing that at the moment we are all carrying a lot more anxiety than we are used to. And that each day brings its new impossible question. Can I visit my parents this summer or can I not? Can I get a haircut? If so, when and under what conditions? What's more damaging, being exposed to the virus or staying inside for an entire year? The wedding got canceled, graduation got canceled, the birthday got canceled, the vacation got canceled. Our aunt died and we cannot bury her 
or she's going to die soon and we're not allowed to say goodbye. Toilets break, roofs leak, cars break down. This creates anxiety in our life and we're not always quite sure how to handle it. And so I want you to listen carefully and slowly to what today's reading from 1 Peter says about all that. Cast all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on God. Give all your anxiety to him because God cares for you. Now, I'm aware that it's all so much easier said than done. Much of the anxiety we experience is outside of our conscious control. Our choices and beliefs certainly contribute to that anxiety, but at root, anxiety itself is a biological, bodily, and highly contagious social phenomenon, and we can't just think or pray anxiety out of our life. But what we can do, and what I think today's reading from 1 Peter invites us to do, is to hold our anxiety alongside a full picture of who God is. And here's what I mean by that. A few years ago, something really hard happened in my life, and As people do when hard things happen, they said all sorts of well-intentioned but very silly things to try to put a positive spin on what had happened and cheer me up. But one person said something that I will never forget. He put his hand on my shoulder and with the best of intentions said, now John, I think Jesus is just as surprised by all of this as you are. Now, in that moment, I did not forget about my kindness, and thus I refrained from telling him that his comment was the most hopeless, nihilistic, and cruel thing I'd ever heard. But in my head, I was thinking, okay, wait, you're telling me that the one for whom and through whom all things exist, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the incarnate word who radiates God's own glory and sustains all things through his powerful word, you're telling me he's surprised. Because if that's the case, we are all in big trouble. And in a sense... The whole point of today's reading from 1 Peter is to remind these Christians who are going through a very hard and difficult time that we're not all in big trouble, that God is not surprised, and that they don't need to be surprised either. Beloved, he says, with tenderness in his voice, don't be surprised about the fiery ordeal taking place among you Beloved, don't be surprised, but rejoice, be humble, keep alert, resist the adversary, both inner and outer, cast all your anxiety onto God, for he cares for you. 
And after you've suffered for a little while, he says, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory, will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. But beloved, he says, don't be surprised. C.S. Lewis once said that preachers shouldn't have more than two or maybe three sermons. And whenever he was asked about this, he said, it's because people don't need to be instructed. They need to be reminded. And the point of my sermon today is really just to remind us that from God's perspective, that all shall be well. The coronavirus is not a cosmic curveball that has left the Lord of life flat-footed and unsure. Nor is war or famine or natural disaster, nor is any tragedy that ever has or ever will come upon you. And while I know that there is danger in saying more than that, there is a lot more danger right now in saying less. Because while it's always true that Christ is radically with us in our humanity and vulnerability, with us in our pain and confusion, like us in every respect, as the book of Hebrews says, it is also true, as we say every week in the Nicene Creed, that the one Lord Jesus Christ is now seated at the right hand of the Father interceding on our behalf. And this simply is the theological meaning of the ascension, which we hear about in today's reading from the Acts of the Apostles, when the resurrected Jesus is lifted up and taken out of sight to be glorified in the Father's presence with the same glory he had before the world existed. And so... I want to end today by saying this. There is some anxiety in our life that we just can't get rid of. We can manage our anxiety, grow from our anxiety, learn compassion from our anxiety, but some anxiety we cannot get rid of. But if we take today's reading from 1 Peter seriously, there is some anxiety that we can get rid of, and God intends that we cast that anxiety upon him. And for me, that decision always starts with a very simple reminder that God is in charge of this universe, and that in the fullness of time, all things will be brought to their perfect end. I am the Alpha and the Omega, Jesus says, the beginning and the end. I ride in the heavens, the ancient heavens. I send forth my voice, my mighty voice. Cast all your anxiety upon me because I care for you. And here's why this matters, at least as it pertains to the credibility of the church's mission. Whenever we cease to carry things that are not ours to carry, that is whenever we find a little bit more inner space 
to accept the assignment that we are given in today's reading from Acts, to be Jesus's witnesses to the ends of the earth. Because remember, the most important things in life can't be seen directly. We only see their signs. And that is exactly what the church is meant to be and what your life is meant to be. A sign, a sign of grace, a sign of hope, a sign of peace. The world cannot see Jesus directly, but they can see his signs. Men and women who, though obviously imperfect and full of anxiety, are still committed to a life of grace, forgiveness, and compassion. People who often feel anxious, but who at the same time take care to never forget their kindness. And so if you're present to some anxiety in your life at the moment, that's okay. Some of that anxiety needs to be managed in healthy and life-giving ways. But some of it needs to be cast entirely on the Son of God who now sits at the Father's right hand, for you are a sign of grace. I am a sign of grace. St. Michael's Episcopal Church is a sign of grace. And the Lord's presence can only be known through signs. Amen.